0: Hi, I'm Vicki Langford with Project 3810. We are a business incubator here in West OKC, and our mission is to help people become better bosses. Project Boss is our special op to accomplish our mission. Bosses have to manage the business from sales to operations to finances. Bosses need to develop their leadership styles and effectiveness in order to achieve results and our boss members participate in peer coaching through boss board meetups and boss board roundtables. We expose our bosses to subject matter experts and introduce them to key players to help them achieve their business goals. Our podcast today is all about staffing, hiring, firing, developing, culture. Every business needs people, and that is a huge component of why a boss needs leadership and management tactics to create a business that can attract and retain the right people. I have two guests today. Nick Lozano, who owns a commercial and residential moving business, NL Moving, and subject matter expert Corey Walker, who owns a recruiting firm called Insight Partners. Hey, Corey. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Absolutely. Happy to.
0: Corey, you have a business called Insight Partners, and tell me what it does.
1: Great question. So um, back in 2016, we started Insight Partners. We're a boutique recruiting firm headquartered here in Oklahoma City. Uh, We work on nationwide recruiting with a pretty heavy focus here in Oklahoma, and our main focuses are technology, small business, energy, and then management consulting. Um, We're a small company, uh, really focused more on helping small to medium-sized businesses find talent that maybe don't have their own recruiting department, and really helping owners kind of navigate their recruiting strategy and how to attract and retain the best talent. So,
0: why did you start this business?
1: Great question. Um, so I actually was laid off from a fancy corporate job back in 2016, and um, through a lot of hard conversations with my spouse and my mentors, I decided to take the leap and starting my own firm. And I was really driven by kind of the lack of customization by other recruiting firms I saw out in the market. Um, There's kind of a, you know, all one size fits all approach, and we really decided to do things differently. So we actually offer a lot more customizable solutions that not only fit our customers' cash flow, but their are long-term needs and kind of what they're looking for in a partner.
0: Awesome. It's really a great fit for a small business when you put it like that, because our needs change and ebbs and flows change. So
1: yeah, you're absolutely right. I think um, one thing I noticed was when I was in corporate America is, um, you know, when things are down, the phone stops ringing. When things are up, the phone keeps ringing. So we really try to be there for our customers and our clients, you know, through the highs and the lows. And I think even what we experienced in 2020 going into 2021, you know, can really speak to that. A lot of our clients weren't hiring at the time, but we still sat by their side and helped them with their recruiting and retention strategies. And it's really paid off this year.
0: Dive into that a little bit. What did you experience? And, and not just from your own business, but from the staffing broader scope, heading into the pandemic versus in the pandemic versus now, like?
1: Yeah. No, that's a good question. Um, I think the pandemic really, I think, caused a lot of candidates, especially in a lot of employees to really kind of reprioritize what they really value in, in their employer. I think a lot of, you know, kind of seen this generational as Gen Z and Gen X kind of gets older, um, or millennial, excuse me, um, they care more about the work life balance, more about the family, more about the flexibility. But I'd say that's even more so now than ever. Um, a lot of people care less about what's on the paycheck and more about everything else that's hard to measure, like the culture, the way they treat their people, flexibility. Um, one thing I can say as well is a lot of candidates are looking at the way companies treated their employees during the pandemic. Um, a lot of companies that laid off. A lot of employees didn't allow a lot of flexibility, I think, are really hurting to find talent now versus those that really treated their employees, you know, like valued partners and, you know, really kind of continued to work with them kind of through the pandemic.
0: So what I hear you saying is that the current staffing trends is based on just all this remote work stuff that the pandemic kind of accelerated with the whole work-life balance?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, So I think a a couple things. I mean, right now we have a historically low unemployment rate, which is the complete opposite of what we were experiencing last year. Um, I think that's led to a scarcity of talent. Um, And I think that scarcity of talent isn't necessarily because there's less people working. I think it's more people are just looking for different things. I think people value the work from home, the flexibility, a culture that's more aligned to their values. Whereas before, I think it was kind of going into 2020, even in 2020, it was definitely more an employer market. So employers really had kind of their pick of who they wanted. But now we're seeing a candidate gets one offer, they're like, hey, I'm going to peek my head above the fence, and they're getting four or five offers in a matter of days, if not a week. So, you know, I really am kind of pushing our employers to really kind of be more flexible and even changing the way that they're recruiting and even treating people in the recruiting process.
0: What tips do you have for somebody that doesn't have the, the flexibility to give somebody remote work? to be competitive?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. We do have a lot of clients in manufacturing and other areas that do require people on site. Um, I think it's really aligning your core values and what you value as an employer with your employees. I think having those discussions on the front end um, really help a lot. A lot of people don't talk about culture a lot at the beginning. Um, I think also kind of changing the way you recruit. I know that there's some areas that you may not be able to offer remote work, but for instance, we've seen in the aerospace industry currently, they're really struggling to find people, and they do have to have people on site, so they've actually turned to recruiting laid-off oil and gas professionals, you know, putting them through those kind of programs. So, um, I think in addition to that, I think kind of really leveraging in different technologies, but I think also kind of opening your mind a little bit to who you're recruiting. Um, A great example is, you know, does a bookkeeper really need an accounting degree? Probably not. You know, does an electrical engineer? Probably because we don't want our car or our factory to burn down, but I think having some of that flexibility and kind of thinking out outside the box, I think we will definitely open, you know, the doors to more candidates that you might have not considered previously.
0: All right. So you mentioned culture. Mm-hmm. Come on. Culture doesn't really matter. <laughs> what are it, you talking about?
1: Culture matters more than ever. And I think culture, Why? um, culture is defined, you know, it used to be defined by a ping pong table and, you know, draft beer available in the break room. But, um, I really think it's aligned to mission. I'm finding more and more candidates that want to work for a company that's mission driven or work for a company that's really reaching for a purpose and making sure that's aligned to what they have. Um, especially emerging professionals as they're becoming parents, you know, I'm seeing that become even more prevalent as, you know, I'm willing to make a little less money to, to be fulfilled in my work and have some of the things that I want. So, um, I disagree with you a little bit. I think culture definitely matters.
0: <laughs> I was being sarcastic. You I don't, know. I don't.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, I think so too. Culture is very important. Give us some great tips, if you could make some succinct tips to our bosses mm-hmm. um, on their recruiting strategy.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think. Um, try a couple things. I think, first of all, one thing I always challenge all my employers is to really kind of get outside your own head when it comes to recruiting. A lot of people try to hire somebody that looks like them or looks or sounds or has the same education as everyone around them. And um, I really challenge you, and as we're coming out of COVID or continuing with COVID, to really challenge some of those preconceived notions with candidates, because just because a candidate comes from a different background, industry, um, education, wherever the case may be, um, that diverse Really has been proven by multiple outlets that it actually improves, um, you know, improves operations and performance ultimately in revenue. Um, I think also be patient um, with employees right now. I think a lot of employees have a lot of stress related to COVID, um, especially in some areas that it's a little more stricter with schooling. I know that there's a lot of empathy that employers need to give, but um, yeah, I think just you know looking at things differently, making sure you're kind of keeping up to speed with the trends that are you know really happening with recruiting. I know that there's kind of a war for talent right now that's inflated a lot of prices. And um, just make sure you're hiring the right person, not just a person to fill a seat, because ultimately when we come out of this, you know, that's going to lead to negative results if you do that. So,
0: Very good advice. Thank you, Corey.
1: You're very welcome. Glad to be here.
0: All right. Today we're going to be talking staffing. Um, I've got two guests, um, Nick Lozano with NL Moving. Hello. And I've got Corey Walker with Insight Partners, a recruiting firm. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for being here, guys. Um, Nick, let's start. Um, Tell us a little bit about you and why you started NL Moving.
2: Sure, Uh, first off, thanks for having me here. Um, Definitely a pleasure being here and invited. Um, So yes, NL Moving has been in business for seven years now, um, seven long years. <laughs> uh, um, we are in the moving household industry, I believe would be one of the top um, high customer service and um, one, a topic that we're going to be going over today, um, like a lot of turnover as far as uh, getting laborers, uh, as far as movers and such.
0: Yeah, yeah. Why did you start it? So,
2: what sparked my interest um, was was Dylan Furniture. Um, I was uh, relocated to Dallas, Texas, back in 2013, uh, working for a high end furniture uh, manufacturer. So um, not only did I learn um, high-end furniture, but I also learned how to um, um, deal and and, and coordinate with that type of client, being a a high-end industry.
0: Gotcha.
2: So and you saw a need to move the furniture. I saw, I saw, <laughs> I saw a need. I saw an, a, a great opportunity. Yeah. Uh, um, a great opportunity arrived with just uh, beginning my own moving services. Um, I had already worked up some type of clientele, and so so yeah. And we started off in Dallas, Texas. Okay. It was super hard, um, especially not knowing many people there. Where I can, um, how how do you look for people that that need jobs, and how do you look for people to go move heavy furniture for 8 to 10 hours a day so that was definitely a challenge Um, and and so we we relocated in 2015 over here to Oklahoma City Um, whenever I had came I didn't I was unsure about the moving industry, I guess because it's like I never had eyes, so I never saw moving vans in Oklahoma. And so I was kind of unsure. Uh, we, so we came back August of 2015 and did a couple of moves in Edmond and in Yukon and it just flared, lit a fire. Um, uh, people began talking about the services and what we actually did different as far as other moving companies in, in the area. Awesome. So, one of the one of the great challenges. Yes, let's talk about
0: it. Staffing, turnover, and how did you? How What were some of your challenges specifically with that in the beginning?
2: So in the beginning, it was, I I kind of took the the aspect of hiring friends to uh, to to come uh, work for me to come help, Um, and and, uh, that was fine. Until, until all my friends just got burnt out of doing it. And then I just started, I, I would just do anything like as far as I would go literally on the streets to look for people. Um, I would run Craigslist ads and I would also do uh, Facebook. Um, pretty much no training. Pretty much just like, oh, you want to work? <laughs> you want a job? Okay, come on, come on and. Um,
1: do, you have feet's in, do you have feet and <laughs> legs? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes.
2: And, and like no training, no training in customer service, no training in and how to protect furniture, how to move dollies, um, any of that. So it was kind of like a, a lot of um, there was a long learning curve right yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and also, I, mean, I guess just moving, moving down the, the line year after year, you kind of use uh, you kind of learn s- certain um what is the word that, that are incentives uh, for, uh, for movers? Um, so, so that's one thing that we do have going on right now as far as like a, like a referral program. Um, like if anyone were to refer um, any, anyone to see like an ad and they would refer their husband or they would refer anyone that they do know and that individual stays with the company for 60 days or longer than that person who found that found our ad gets a $250 sign-on bonus for nice. ha- having them so just little things like that
0: gotcha to to help you recruit
2: to help recruit gotcha gotcha yes, yes. well it it is kind of it, it, it's tough to recruit in the movement uh, as movers um obviously these are your oil field type of people that like to get dirty um, um they're not scared of hard work um but also you have to you have to instruct that we're, we're not able to speak a certain way that uh, clients we're not yeah. able to smoke outside during a break because then we come back inside and we smell like cigarettes. And, um, you know, we service a, uh, some high high end clients. So that's we don't want to give that right. th- uh, that to our clients.
0: So over the years, you kind of learned some things on your own. But and so now let's fast forward to today. Um, Tell us a little bit about how, how what you do now and and how it's improved.
2: Yes, yes.
0: Your results.
2: So, uh, thankfully, for for me personally, um, I have uh, acquired uh, certain mentors and and business coaches that have helped, um, uh, that are in my industry that have helped tremendously. Um, so, as as far as like I like I stated earlier, we were just kind of like. Picking them up in a truck. Hey, you want to work and and putting and putting them out there in the field. Um, as of now, right now, what we're doing is, um, especially since twenty twenty hit um, and and everything running the way that it runs um, especially this year we had a lot of we, we, we it was nationwide a lot of moving companies had struggles with hiring people because no one actually wanted to work we had to suffer through that so what we're doing right now is we're, we're, we're playing uh, offense we're, we're, we're doing a little aggressiveness uh, we are running ads for uh, movers and uh, mover employees uh, three times a week. Maybe sometimes four. Um, we uh, we are tr- we we have a process set set up now that uh, when when the when they call in from the ad, they are they're treated as a lead. So we're so we're capturing their name, their email. Maybe not so much the email, but their name, uh, their phone number. That way, we are able to text them their information, a, l- a little general background. Um, and, and, and so we're setting up interviews. Once, uh, once we set up interviews, one thing that I have learned, and I hope this is a good nu- uh, nugget, um, in, for, in the past I would set up interview times like 8.15, 8.30, 8.45, and so on throughout the morning. But as we pretty much could, uh, could assume, not everyone's going to show up at the interview. So I found myself having to wait. Uh, for uh, for certain individuals to come and and if they even showed up. So what I I like doing now is I like setting all the interviews up at the same time. If there's 10 guys that are going to come and 10 show up, then in my mind – they're going to be looking at all the other guys uh, that are applying. And if you have a good attitude and a winning attitude, like, hey, I'm going to get this job. I'm going to get hired. I'm going to say I'm going to present myself well. Um, So that's one thing that we have done. We set the interview times all at one specific time. Um, I mean, they can wait. I've waited. Do do,
0: Do you still do them one at a time or you bring them into a group setting and kind of talk to them a little bit about it?
2: Good, good, great question. Actually, I have learned not to do a group um, because you just don't have the one-on-one uh, per, uh, personal experience with them. So uh, as far as a group, everyone's just agreeing. From that, that, that's my experience with that. Gotcha. So, so, so then we we definitely uh, try to keep it one on one. What we'll do is we'll just have them all fill out applications and interview um, one uh, one at a time. In our interview process, we have a script, a certain script that we have that way we cover every, every everything that we what we have learned. Mm-hmm. uh what excuses the movers have mm-hmm. uh one one specific question is uh, are, are there any court dates or mm-hmm. hospital appointments that we need to know about because oh my grandma had to go to the hospital last night
0: so <laughs> so we asked these <laughs> right.
2: specific questions because for certain reasons yeah. um Another thing during the interview process is uh, we want we want the guys to be dedicated 14 straight days. Like we're not saying that you're going to work 14 straight days, but we want you to be available 14 straight days. Um, That way you can get to know the team. That way we can see how you're working and moving furniture is hard. And it's not for it's not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. that's one thing that we've been doing. So we tr- uh, so during uh, we post the ads, we uh, we treat them as leads, and then we set the interviews up. I don't know if you if you've ever heard of the of a of a funnel, and I'm sure I'm sure uh, everyone has. So I guess maybe out of 100, uh, 100 applicants or 100 people that call uh, in for the job, then there's only like half that's going to be uh, going to the next stage for an interview. And then uh, so it, it all comes down, trickles down to like out of that 100 that called, we'll probably get like two or three A players and then maybe a couple of, a couple of other uh, guys yeah. that, that are here for just a short time.
0: And are you noticing that process is reducing your turnover?
2: It is. What, 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 the process that is redu- reducing the turnover is there's obviously there's many things that, that come in play with that. But in, so after the interview and we, we decide to move forward and bring, add them to the team, uh, we have a class we have a day one training. Which is a classroom-style uh, training. It's no heavy lifting. It's not talking about pads. It's not talking about furniture. But what we're talking about are uh, the three C's: uh, the uh, uh, the customer, the crew, and the company. And everything revolves around the three C's. The customer. We go over the customer etiquette: how to speak, what what to say, what not to say. Um, um, and, and, and just different scenarios, as in, uh, this is what we do when uh, w- when we arrive to the job, we ask which restroom the movers are allowed to use. This is what we do when a mover does not show up. Or this is what we do when the client is, um, whatever the case right, is, we right. just give scenarios.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: you
1: smile and talk to me. There's crazy customers out there. <laughs> 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 and employees, <laughs> and employees, yeah. and employees.
0: So do you consider that, um, we were talking about uh, one of the areas where employee relations plays in is the culture, the company culture? Yes. Do you feel like that three C's has helped?
2: Tremendously.
0: Do you think that's part of your culture? Yes. And as you've grown, you've kind of helped honed in to that areas that you want to really help your team? Yes. Understand? Yes.
2: Well, I, I think it's super important for the day one training, um, just so just so the the, the new guys um, can come in, they can um, be introduced to the to the company. Um, they, they can they have a, a feel, like especially when other guys with moving experience come in from other moving companies, like it it. it, it, it Allows them to see the difference of the company that we are compared to others.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's really neat. I think it's really awesome the way that you incorporate that onboarding because a lot of people are lost in the kind of motions of onboarding. And especially in an industry like that, a lot of people like construction, hey, go out and, you know, just start moving. And I think differentiating yourself in customer service and implementing that on day one, I think is awesome.
2: And thanks. It's It's been a long time. (laughs) And and the thing is, is like, you know, uh, we have a pretty strong dispatch, uh, Stephen, right now. and, And 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 I'm always wanting to. Search for issues where I want to identify issues, um, whether it be through the hiring or whether it be through uh, anything uh, that has to do with operations. But the reason why I want to identify the issues is that way we can that way we can focus on it, hone in on it, and that way we can improve on it.
0: Yeah.
1: So definitely areas like a true for improvement there. Yeah. <laughs> when you have to learn trial by fire right? I mean you yeah, can't, I mean no entrepreneur gets it right the first time. You have to be able to hire the wrong people and be self-aware enough to know that you hired the wrong person and what you're gonna do differently next time. So that's sure. awesome. Sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, also uh, just speaking about like doing the hiring and, and whatnot. Um, so that's what I am focusing on right now um, um, is building the internal team. That has been the lack of the company. Um, I I, I would want to say I would want to use a term that it has stunted us, Mm -hmm. um, stunted our growth, um, just because for the simple fact that um, you need a team. You can't Mm -hmm. do. I'm not able to do everything, obviously, just by myself, or I'm going to always continually hit the window or the ceiling. I'm sorry, but. my mindset has changed. Mm-hmm. It, it's change, it changed this summer. Um, how it has been is like, okay, this guy's been with me for X amount of time, why don't you come on in? I can show you this, I can show you how to manage and, and, and do that. And I stay with this individual for a year, nine, nine months to a year, mm-hmm. but that individual wasn't a manager. He didn't have, he or she didn't have the skills of, of management. So so what I'm doing is, uh, like you said, trial by error, uh, I've stepped back and I'm like, okay, I, I need someone that has management skills, that has management experience, that's able to manage a CRM, that's able to manage and and kind of forecast off of reports. Yeah. so.
0: And sometimes you can do you can train people up, but sometimes when you're scaling as a small business, you just need to hire the talent.
2: Yes. Absolutely.
0: That brings already a certain knowledge base that you don't have Absolutely. to the team.
2: And, and and it's you hit it right, right, dead, dead in the center. I guess it's a, I, I guess it's a fear because when I think about hiring a team, I'm thinking about the movers. I'm thinking about no showing up. I'm thinking about them calling in, or but I, I, I've, like I said, I've made a, my mindset's different. Like no, there are talented people that want to work for a company that's gonna that's gonna scale, that's gonna continue moving forward. Um, so these are the things that that I'm looking for ex- is experience, someone that can step up to the plate yeah. and just run, be trained on the roles and responsibilities, and run the processes of the company
0: on your staffing and your processes that you've got going so far what are still some challenges that you're
2: working on people individuals or employees following process because the thing is is they don't trust and, and and once once we walk with the employee and show them step by step and like look and explain this just by following this step or this process is going to kill so much stress, maybe a stress level or, or just maybe dropping the ball. Like I I myself have a morning process. I've had the same one for 2021 all year, but I still have it on my desk on paper because that way I know for sure that I'm not missing anything. I'm just following the process. But I would say, um, having people buy into your process is a challenge. Absolutely. And and if I may, um, what about any processes? Like, do you have any challenges?
1: Yeah, good question. I think um, currently it's hiring. Um, That's kind of ironic that a recruiter is struggling to hire. But, um, yeah, uh, we're a small team. So I think the internal scaling, very similar to you, is just finding the perfect fit, you know, that fits what we need now and in the future as well. Absolutely.
0: Always hard to find the right people. It is. It's a game of uh, catch and release in my book.
1: (laughs) It is
2: it is
0: <laughs> and that's not a um i think it's like any kind of relationships employer employee relationships are and i think that's why culture is so important it really goes back to our personal beliefs and how we operate um found as our foundational level we need team members that agree with those base foundational things um and that kind of see the vision and like setting the vision so
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of work. Um, Bradley Smart wrote a book called Top Grading that they focus almost solely on culture and soft skill set and not much as hard skill set. Because most companies, you know, you can hire someone that can lift heavy objects, but if they don't believe in customer service, if they're not entrepreneurial, if they're not nice people, if they're not ethical, then what does it matter? That's right. Yeah, That's
0: right. 100%. Very good point. I think we're about to the (laughs) wrap-up point. Anybody want to have a last word?
2: So I'll I'll say something, and then... then, um, so I, I would just encourage other uh, anyone listening that if, if we are running our business and we're in the day-to-day, that if we were to kind of step back and just look at the old uh, the overall picture or the vision of the company, um, that way we can't like, that's one thing that I'm doing right now is I'm uh, in my journal and is I'm um, – uh, what is my short-term vision of the company the next three years? Um, like very specific. So I'm, I'm I'm journaling, writing down the vision and where I want to be at, and where I want the company to be at in three years. It helps me out because now I'm able to identify what roles I'm needing and, and what key uh, key players that I'm going to need to be hiring to the team. That way, they're able to fill those roles.
0: Very good. I like it. <laughs> I'm getting a, a, a good head nod for of Corey here too. So, well, I really appreciate you guys, Corey with Insight Partners, and Absolutely. Nick with NL Moving, um, to share with us your in your insight onto uh, staffing and everything. So, this is a huge topic. So. Um, many, many layers, but I feel like we we touched on a lot, so good job. Thanks for being on my first uh, podcast. Yay!
2: (laughs) Thanks for having us. Bye. (laughs)